Welcome to Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from the Beehive about the latest and greatest in pop culture. I am Meg Walter, and today I'm in studio with Eli McCann and Nick Morley. Nick, so good to have you I back. I know, guys. Happy Gosh. reunion. Yeah. We're so thrilled to have you here. Why Thanks don't you tell us, tell us what you've been watching? Okay. For the last eight months. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I, when I was, I was thinking about what I was going to say for what have you been watching and like I, what haven't I been, uh, to be honest, but that goes for everybody. Uh I know that you talked about Selling Sunset a couple of weeks ago. But, Did I ever. Um, it might be one of the best pieces of reality TV to come out in the past five or six years. Um, it's sensational. It's it's pretty great. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it because we, we saw it on the Netflix little queue like in like February or something. And I was like, eh, not really not really my thing. And then we kind of heard a little bit of buzz about it and we watched season three like yeah in like two days like wow. it was, <laughs> you can't so you much can't fun pace the show it's not no. a one episode a day kind of show it's you're you're hunkering down and watching right. a season at a time and it, it so in high school they had like laguna beach and and the hills and it was the same producer it was this adam Develo guy and i just remember like watching the show mindlessly and they were talking about nothing mm-hmm. and they were like in Cabo like without any parents I was like these kids are like 16 years old and like they're dancing in bars and stuff but like hey neither here nor there mm-hmm. um if you probably if anybody out there hasn't watched it it's a true delight I feel like Elaine from with the English patient on this I made it Three minutes and twenty seconds. This is, Couldn't this, do it. This and isn't then I was, an Eli show. I was show. like, nope, uh, nope, nope. It's so but entertaining. Like, maybe I just need to give it more time. Like, is the first three minutes pretty reflective of the rest? I would say season one is the weakest season. Yeah, for sure. I have a very, I have a very low tolerance for reality TV show shows that I feel like are fake. Like yeah. scripted in any way. I have a and and I don't fault people for not having a low tolerance on that because like we all have our things. Yeah. But for whatever reason, as soon as I'm like when I put on a reality show, as soon as I start to feel like, oh, this is kind of scripted and faked, then I like I, I want out. So Emily and I talked about this in our first episode about yeah. selling sunset. Does it matter if it's scripted or not? And we arrived at the conclusion that it does not. We're still watching these people sure. do interesting things, be funny with each other. There's still compelling drama. Yeah. Who cares? Right. You know? Yeah. You land in the same place, regardless of if it's scripted or not. So yeah. We just have a different ideology on this. We're just not going to agree. <laughs> it's the yeah. only thing we have a different ideology <laughs> on, though. That's true. Nick, what else have you been well, watching? Well, uh, what's nice about working from home is that you can just have like Netflix going, like <laughs> like on the side, which is not like... we, not me, no right. way. I'm oh, of course not. Fully focused yeah. all day. Oh yeah, no, but uh, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of movies, and um, I've actually watched uh, one recently that I hadn't seen in a few years. I actually never finished it, but um, Nightcrawler with Ooh. Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> what do oh. you think? It is so good. <laughs> really. Um, and it's not a very high budget movie. I don't think it got a lot of buzz. Like when it when Is it, it first came indie? out. What do you think, Meg? Would you put it in the? Yeah. Yeah. I I couldn't tell you who the director is. Like I I don't know anything else that I, he's done. Sorry to cut you off, but I no, remember that's when people were like, "Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal. What's his deal?" And that's what I that's what I wanted to get to next was like, so Jake Gyllenhaal, like started off in October Sky, kind of like. Mm-hmm. cheesy kind of mm-hmm. like feel good movies and then now he does like pretty 
complicated stuff now. Mm-hmm. Like and like he I don't feel like he gets like a lot of notoriety for the roles that he takes on, but I don't know what he has planned for the future, but like anybody that is questioning Jake Gyllenhaal's acting chops should watch. Isn't he in Batman? I do question it. Oh, you do? I do okay. question it, but I've never seen this, so now I kind of want to watch it. What? Give it a shot. It was when I finally was like done with Jake Gyllenhaal was, was it 2012 or the day after tomorrow? I always get those two movies mixed up. Yeah. And it's atrocious. Yeah, he's he's done some money grabs. That was and a like, long time ago. It was a yeah. long time ago, but that's that's what always sticks in my head with him. I think Maggie Gyllenhaal is incredible. Yeah, she's great. And so yeah. I've always been like a Maggie person, so maybe I just need to check back in with Jake. Maybe... Did you watch John, Donnie Darko? Did you uh, watch that one? No. Okay. Try that one, too, because that's like younger okay. Jake Gyllenhaal, but they're both in it together, which is kind of fun. Did you um, watch... Um, sorry, I thought he was on Batman. I think he can Spider-Man. be... Spider-Man. No. He's in one of them. He's in one of them. He plays the villain, and I think that was just easy money. His, like, his, uh, I've seen him in interviews, and he can be pretty funny. Yeah. Like Did you see seems... him in John Mulaney's yes. sack lunch? And it was very, I mean, John Mulaney's sack, yes. <laughs> but John Mulaney just elevates everyone yeah. that is involved. I don't know, that performance was pretty funny. Yeah. 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 And that was just him <laughs> just going <laughs> off. Yeah. Nick, what else have you been watching? Uh, and um, I, you know what? I I think I overhyped a movie a few years ago. <laughs> Oh, um, and I decided to I decided to watch it again. You've been living with this. regret all this time. Yeah, um, I watched La La Land the other day. Oh, um, just while I was working, like you know, I didn't like pay like super close attention to it. It's not as good as people thought it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and I think we need to stop <laughs> giving it the treatment that it has. Like I'm, it's about forty five minutes too long. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And there are some things that I really like about it. There's some visually appealing parts of it. And I'm, it's a fun ending. Like mm-hmm. it's not something that you see every every time when you go into a movie like this. But I don't know. So the other day, um, we stumbled on the Between Two Ferns bloopers. <laughs> oh. And he's interviewing John Legend, and he said, uh, you feel good about playing a part in this movie that teaches black people so much about jazz music? Uh, <laughs> and it was like a funny moment. Uh-huh. They all posted up, but it is like, that's not great. Yeah. It's not great yeah. that it's a movie yeah. about white people and jazz. A little bit. A little, yeah. a little bit. Anyway. Anything but, else? But we support Emma Stone and everything she does. We support Emma Stone. Sure. Why don't, not? Don't support her in Aloha, though. Did you see well, that one? I, well, mean, I mean, she doesn't even support herself in Aloha. Remember when she screamed, I'm sorry, at the yeah. Emmys last year or whatever it was? Aloha was truly the worst experience of my life. Yeah. Aloha is awful. It's so bad. That's it for me. Okay. Eli, what have you been watching? I don't even know how to talk about this movie. Have you guys seen or heard of The Wrong Missy, starring David Spade and um, Lauren Lapkus? It's not a real movie. You just made that up. Nope. It's new. It's a brand new movie. It's on Netflix. It's a David Spade (laughs) movie. It is the most inconsistent film I've ever seen in my life. I want you, homework assignment, don't watch the whole movie. Don't spend the time on it. Watch the first scene, because the first scene, you will see what I am talking about. It is like if you took... All of the David Spade, like, comedian types of the 90s. Yeah. So, like, your Adam Sandler's. Yeah. And it, Adam Sandler's not in this, but a lot of those guys make appearances in this movie. What's that but guy who was, like, Bruce J- he's Gigolo? In it. Yeah. He's in it. Okay, yeah, that guy. But now they're all in their 60s. They're all, like, cranky boomers. <laughs> 
but they still have the the same shtick, mm-hmm. the exact like they have not updated yeah. their senses of humor. And the premise of the movie is David Spade goes on a blind date with a crazy woman played by um, Lauren Lapkus. Do you know who that is? Is she the comedian? She's a comedian. She's very funny. Oh, yeah. I know um, the face. She, yeah. I, I knew her from yeah. Orange is the New Black. She like has a role in that. Um, he goes on a date with her. She's very crazy. And then he accidentally invites her to like a week long work retreat and she shows up and then like it's chaos. The movie is so incredibly stupid. The jokes are terrible. David Spade is awful in it. Yeah. She is so funny. Hmm. So incredibly funny. And like it is like she is doing a different movie than the rest of them. Watch the first scene of this thing. Like everything that she does is like legitimately like, oh, this is entertaining. And then I, I like looked up the, the like critic reviews because, you know, it has like 2% on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. Yeah. And all of the reviews were like, the only thing that you will like get out of this movie is wondering what is going to happen with her career because the rest of these people are dead. Sure. <laughs> so okay. anyway, I don't know. It, it was really bad. What led you there? We it was like one of those nights where like we were scrolling through Netflix for so long and then we were like starting to yell at each other and finally we're like fine I'm just clicking on the next thing that comes up and it was like David Spade and so we did it and boy oh boy okay and then I watched a very weird thing Um, the Speed Cubers what the heck it's a documentary with you okay I fully recommend this it's on Netflix okay. It's a new documentary it's about speed cubing competitions like like Rubik's Cube Rubik's Cube. Let me just ask you, because I did not know very much about the cubing world prior well, to this. How fast? Okay. Have, have you guys ever tried a Rubik's Cube? Yeah. Not, not seriously. Successfully. Not successful. Yeah. If you had to guess, like, what is the fastest time in the world that somebody has, like, solved a Rubik's Cube, what would you guess? Seven seconds. Ten seconds. Okay. I guess I'm just, I guess I was just, like, out to lunch because I legitimately thought, like, oh, probably the fastest in the world are a couple of minutes. Like, I just thought, thought, like, oh, it takes most people days or weeks, but <laughs> yeah. some people can do it in a couple. It's six seconds, like five or six seconds wow. people yeah. can do it. But so this is, it's a short documentary. It's like 45 minutes. It's a feel good. It's really sweet. And it, like, has a lot of themes about, um, like, mental disabilities hmm. and, you know, because a lot of the people who get into it are somewhere on the spectrum. And sure. like, So it, it's a lot about kind of like how we treat people in that. It's very, very sweet. It actually would be really fun to watch with kids. I think kids would be into it. And uh, it was like a a peek into a world that I otherwise would have never known existed. And so I recommend it on Netflix. Awesome. Speed Cubers. Speed, the, yeah, I think it's called Speed Cubers. Okay. So check it out. Anything else? Just lots of Survivor. Okay. How about you, Meg? <sighs> Million Dollar Beach House. Uh, I'm trying to fill the void that's in my heart now that I've watched all three seasons of Selling Sunset twice. <laughs> <laughs> Million Dollar Beach House is not a good show, but I do recommend watching so, it. So tell me, tell me the premise. <laughs> uh, it's Selling Sunset, but with men and in the Hamptons. Oh, it's those two white like dudes I've yeah, seen. Yeah, Wait, yeah. it's not the Property Brothers, the HGTV. No, no, because no. oh. it's still like they're real estate agents. Oh, um, I see. The thing about the houses in the Hamptons is that they're more traditional looking, like Million Dollar or um, Selling Sunset. You're getting a lot of the same type of house, yeah. like modern with views in the Hollywood Hills. Mm. Same thing over and over. The houses in the Hamptons have a little more character and personality, and so it's really fun to see the houses. I don't like a single person who works at that real estate agent. They're all terrible human beings. Yeah. One guy is about to have a baby, and I swear he mentions it 
every five words. Like everything he says is like, I have to get this million dollar commission because I'm about to have a baby. And I'm like, yes. Oh, everyone needs a million dollars. You need a million dollars before you have a baby. Anyway, it's garbage. I love it. I might Great. watch it over. Um, we've been rewatching Arrested Development. Yeah. Which like, I feel like Arrested Development hit like a... What's the word I'm looking for? We're a point like everyone was tired of hearing about it, right? Yeah. Like it was quoted so yeah. often. It was so ubiquitous. I was like, all right, culture, let's move on from sure. this. Yeah. But it's been really fun to revisit about five or seven years after that peak. Do you stop after season three? Or season do you... two. I don't even like season three. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Season three, was that still on Fox? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, but four and five were the were Netflix. Netflix ones. Season three kind of starts to go off the rails a little bit. And there's like whole episodes about them knowing they're about to be canceled. And at the time, that was probably like winky and yeah. fun. But watching back, you're like, Too much. it's a different sure. landscape now. And this yeah. isn't really funny. Anyway, it's been really fun to go back and watch. Um, speaking of John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, I've mentioned this podcast before. Um, it's called good one by a vulture writer and it explains jokes and he does an interview with john mulaney about the sack lunch bunch and i really enjoyed this interview because there was something that i couldn't put my finger on about the sack lunch bunch in that it spoke exactly to me as a child like the kind of child that i was like the kind of child who would watch a movie and like try and recognize the celebrity voices in it like a weird kid yeah and listening to that interview i'm like oh he was also an anxious child yeah he made the special for other anxious children yeah. he's like the patron saint of anxiety i think so too i think <laughs> of like a millennial with anxiety i think that's why we all love him so much a ton much. of millennials I, have no. a picture of john mulaney in their wallet yeah. just like oh help me you get it you know? i know that i'm not unique in this but when he talks i'm like yeah we have the same mind mm-hmm. like we yeah. are of one mind together like those kids who are like were born adults you know i and think like... this is this must be how boomers felt about jerry seinfeld in the 90s yeah. Yeah, I think so. like, that guy gets it. He gets it. He's an old soul like me. (laughs) Anyway, it's a really delightful interview. He's so funny because he said like multiple times that he doesn't want to have kids, but it's clear in this interview how much he adores kids and working with these kids. So it's really fun to listen to. And then, you guys. You saw a tenant. I went to a movie. Wow. How was it? It was wild. First of all, sh- for shame. I know. I know. I'm like, do I even admit that on this podcast? But whatever. Lean in. Man, your no. constituents are going to be pissed. <laughs> Here's the thing. They only sell. Their, it was like maybe 30% full. We were full like 12 mm. feet away from anyone else. Everyone was wearing masks. Were tickets same price? No, they were $5 hey. for an IMAX. Yeah. Wow. So we went and saw Tenet. Tenet is a movie that is impossible to review. Hmm. I understood 0% of it. (laughs) I couldn't hear a thing any of them were saying. And it was so fun to watch. Like, Hmm. I'm not a big Christopher Nolan fan because I think he's kind of high on his own farts. And he thinks he's really smart. And there was a whole lot of that in this. But it was also like a masterfully made film. Yeah. Because there's a lot of footage that is people moving backward in a forward-moving world. And there were no special effects used. They, the actors were actually walking backward. And they were actually, they learned to talk backward. What? Like, it is like what? an impressive feat. Huh. If you can see it with closed captioning, I highly recommend it. Otherwise, you're not going to understand a single thing. Huh. 
It is three hours. Oh, no. But I was so excited to be back in a yeah. movie yeah. theater, you know? Yeah, yeah. And this that... is why move, old, like old movies were so long. I think it's because people only went to movies like twice a year. Yeah, yeah, so they're yeah, like, yeah. I can sit for five sure. hours. We got a sitter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's just enjoy this time. Anyway, loved going to a movie. Tenet, I'm like just all over the place in my feelings about it. I'm excited to someday watch it with subtitles to actually understand what it's about. Hmm. Now, today we have decided we're going to do what we're calling a hive mind quiz. Sure. So we want the listeners at home to play along, keep score. Uh, the way we've set this up is each of us has come prepared with five questions, right? Five yes. from the two of you. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. It's not COVID. I don't know. Maybe it is. <laughs> um, so we are going to take turns asking each other these questions. We will keep score of our own scores. The highest any of us can get is 10. But for the listener at home, you can get 15. So we'll ask the question, give ourselves a time to some time to mark the right answer give the listener some time to mark the right answer and then reveal what we think is the answer and then the correct answer i feel like i'm gonna be that girl on drop dead gorgeous who didn't understand the assignment when we start sharing our questions yeah, let's see how this goes all right <laughs> okay <laughs> nick let's start with you all right okay guys what is the runtime of the irishman three hours and 45 minutes oh wait you're gonna hey. give us multiple choice Multiple choice. Sorry. Drop give, give, gorgeous I don't actually know. I'm give sorry. Give everybody a chance to I'm answer. sorry. I don't actually know. Anyway, I'll continue. <laughs> <laughs> a, three hours and five minutes. B, three hours and 30 minutes. C, three hours even. Or D, three hours and 45 minutes. I'm going to go with D. You, you write down your answer and then I we're thought we were revealing saying it. them. We're giving the listeners at home oh, time to and you, don't, and home? you don't want me to cheat off of you. No. Okay. I wrote, I wrote down my answer, and I won't hey, reveal it. Until... Yeah, let's, let's let Nick go through all his questions, and then he'll give us the answers. Oh, I see. Oh, I like that. Okay. <laughs> so I'm revealing the answer? <laughs> no, Not yet. after all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. We All should right. we should do a game show. Yeah, <laughs> we would do we great. Good. All right. This is why I'm not a teacher. Ready. Darren Aronofsky's Black Swan had a different title at the start of filming. What was it? A, the Swans. B, the ballet. C, the understudy. Or D, the double. Remember, if you're at home, write your answers down. And if you're in the car. Don't die. Come back and listen later. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Taika Waititi was first nominated for an Oscar in which year? A, 2004, B, 2007, C, 2019, or D, 2018? Okay. Good question. Who, and here's a kind of a softball for the folks at home and for both of you. <laughs> Who plays Coach Eric Taylor on Friday Night Lights? Oh, God himself. <laughs> Our Lord and Savior. <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you. We, we, we watched Game Night the other night. Oh, that movie is so great. One of my very favorite movies of all time. Really? Oh, it's upgraded to that yes. now? Oh, it's I feel so like you're just funny. trying to spite no, me. No, it's on my top ten. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, A, Thomas Hayden Church. B, Matthew Fox. C, Kyle Chandler. Or D, George Clooney. <laughs> mm. I would like to see each of those people do the role, actually. <laughs> and uh, who directed hit horror movies *Midsummer* and *Hereditary*? Mm-hmm. Was it A. Darren Aronofsky, B. Ari Aster, C. Quentin Tarantino, or D. Jason Bateman? 
Okay. Let's hear it. Let's hear the answers. Okay. Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in high school again. Do we have to trade trade papers? papers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure I trust you. Gosh, I was I was the worst. I would would... (laughs) Well Nick Nick can see my answers right here, so he can make sure I didn't cheat. (laughs) Anyway. The runtime of the Irishman was B, three hours and thirty (sighs) minutes. Did I throw you off, Meg? I think you did. Did you did you say three hours and forty five minutes? Me too. Yep. Uh, the alternate title for Black Swan was The Understudy. Yes. C? Yes. Got that one. Taika Waititi was first nominated for an Oscar in A, 2004. What? Oh, no. For a short film. What, what was, was it? it? I forgot the name of it, but it's real. Look it up. And it's a short <laughs> film. I feel like that's a cheat. Do short films really matter? I mean... They're part of the production. Like mm. it's more than the science awards. That <laughs> Ask the people <laughs> who made them, Eli. If oh they man! Matter. To all those short filmmakers out there, I feel like your even... voices are heard. <laughs> we see you. Even some of those people. Hive mind recognizes you. <laughs> wouldn't think it matters. Okay. Do we have to stop for a reading? Are we sponsored yet? Question four. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Nick. <laughs> this is why we fired you. <laughs> That and because we don't just, have money. Just in case if, if Blue Apron is listening. You know what? I need a new mattress. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and then who plays Coach Eric Taylor on Friday Night Lights? It's C, Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. And then who directed hit horror movies Midsummer and Hereditary? That would be B, Ari Aster. Yes. Okay. Hey, I got three out of five. So did I. Ooh, Meg okay. and I are tied. Are you like how jokey are yours? Do you want do you want to go next or do you want to save yours for last? Um, maybe we should do me me last. Okay, because I think I think the show's gonna fall apart when I yeah get I have a feeling. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yeah, I'm scared. First question: What is the Bible verse that serves as an arms dealer's email address in Mission Impossible? All right, I'm writing it down right now. A Job three fourteen. B, Job 3.16, C, Job 3.19, or D, Job 3.13. Next question. What killed Edward Cullen before he became a vampire? (coughs) A, cholera. B, Spanish influenza. C, scarlet fever. D, tuberculosis. Oh, boy. I hate <laughs> that I didn't even need the multiple choice for that. Oh, I don't know. I am so angry that I didn't need the multiple choice. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I was very drunk when I watched that movie, too. It's an unforgettable scene. Um, are we Sepia ready? tone yeah. scene. What score did Elle Woods get on her LSAT? Uh, I know this wait, one wait, without wait, hold on. I don't even need the multiple choice. A- 177, B, 178, C, 179, D, 180. So, Meg, the problem with you writing your questions is that you and I have, like, almost a 100% crossover on our media exposure. (laughs) (laughs) And and we both remember the same things from movies. (laughs) According according to the mayor in Jaws, blank means friendship. (laughs) I remember this because oh, you guys yelled one. at me. Amistad. Amistad. <laughs> B. Amity. C. Amore. D. Amiable. You Do you remember when we recorded that podcast and Meg, you said 
blank means friendship. And I said, oh, really? And then you guys both screamed at me because that was a joke because they said it in the movie. Because you weren't paying attention at all. Because I was really drunk movie. when I watched oh that my one, gosh. too. We need to put, I like, drinking a, restrictions on I might have a drinking you. problem. Okay. In ti- okay. okay. <laughs> I just don't want to address it. We'll do an intervention later. Okay. In Titanic, how long had it been <clears throat> since Rose boarded the ship? <laughs> I don't need multiple choices. Wait, wait, either. Since Rose boarded the ship? Yeah, you know, she says it's been... Oh, yeah, 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 I got you the meme. Anyone who was on the internet knows this one. A, 82 years. B, 83 years. C, 84 years. D, 85 years. I think I'm five for five on these. I think these. I missed one. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. What is the Bible verse that serves as an arms dealer's arms dealer's email address in Mission Impossible? Job three fourteen. A Job three fourteen. A Job three fourteen. Yes. What killed Edward Cullen before he became a vampire? Spanish flu. B Spanish influenza. Ah, a little that. triggering, I know. Yeah. C What score did Elle Woods get Three. on her L set? One seventy nine. One seventy nine. According to the mayor in Jaws, blank means friendship. Amity. 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 Be Amity. In Titanic, how long had it been since Rose boarded the ship? It's been 84 years. <laughs> and I can still smell <laughs> the fresh years. paint. Do you want me to keep quoting? Because I could go. Yeah. <laughs> Good questions, guys. Can I Can I give you a confession? Yes. Um, on the way here, I was listening to Who Weekly, and someone called in about the Titanic. And they were talking about the scene where the old couple embraces as the ship goes down and guys i shed a tear (laughs) (laughs) it's 2020 you know (laughs) i can understand i can understand through it (laughs) crying about the irish children and the monet then they talked about the irish children and then i like i was like legit sad yeah the the fictional irish children yeah but there were probably some real ones i don't want to think about it go it's your turn question one what did Mike and Carol Brady do with their savings right around oh Christmas my gosh. These in are like 1988? <laughs> These are real questions. Okay. What did um, Mike and Carol Brady do with their sa- savings uh, for Christmas in 1988? Wait, are these real answers? Yes. Or like you wrote them? Well, I wrote the answers. I know, but like are they based on facts? Yeah. Like there is a correct answer. Okay. Okay. okay so like these are real questions. You can actually play along. It's just that they're silly. Okay. A. They gave Alice a lobotomy so she'd stop entering every room with a pun. I see. Okay. B, they flew all their children and grandchildren in for Christmas so they could sing Oh Come All Ye Faithful on 34th Street when Mike got caught in a collapsed building he designed. C, they funded a drug cartel. Or D, they bought nine TVs and stacked them in rows of three. Okay. <laughs> okay, two. Why did the little clone girl release all of the dinosaurs into Sacramento <laughs> in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? <laughs> I forgot she was a clone. Oh, I forgot about that too. Oh, I erased that movie from my memory. This is the worst thing I've ever uh. seen. <laughs> A, because Chris Pratt taught the Raptors how to love. B, to distract everyone from her bad fake British accent that comes and goes. C, she got confused because the plot of the film didn't make any sense leading up to that point. Or D, because she had to, uh, she had to because the dinosaurs are alive, just like her. (laughs) Oh, gosh. 
I mean, technically two of those are true. Mm, I know what you're thinking, and I'm ready to argue against okay. you. <clears throat> um, number three. Why was Kathy Bates traveling with all of her son's clothes in Titanic? A. These were actually her clothes, but drag wasn't socially acceptable in 1911, so she pretended she had a son. B. Because she murdered him in England and stole his wardrobe with plans to make her next million by opening a second-hand clothing store. C. This is never explained. I only have three options. Okay. Question four. Who... <laughs> Okay, this one's maybe an unfair question, but I stand by it. Who was the villain in Matilda? Okay. A, the Wormwoods, B, the Librarian, C, Trunchbull, or D, everyone but mostly Miss Honey? And five, why can't Elle Woods be an organ donor? <laughs> Is it A, because she's going to become a senator? If she's going to become a senator by the time she's 30, she doesn't have time to change the designation on her driver's license. B, she's severely damaged everything in her body by repeatedly doing the bend and snap. Or C, she fried everything by spending four hours in a hot tub once. <laughs> okay, the questions got less fair. I'm excited to see what you think is the correct answer for that one. Okay. Well, that one, or I'll get to it in a second. Okay. So question one, Mike and Carol Brady for Christmas, what did they do with their money? B, they flew all of their children and grandchildren in, saying, go come all you faithful as a building collapsed Wait, on Wait, seriously? Wait, yeah. really? What did you guys think the answer was? <laughs> I thought it was, was? the TV one. Oh, that's what I thought, too. What? <laughs> I no, I'm D. making a joke about how, like, the Bradys, you know, are, like... Oh, the night. Here's a story. Oh, they, the they bought nine TVs okay. and stacked okay. them in rows of three. No, they flew all of... I recapped the entire film for you guys once. I remember. I blocked that out entirely. <laughs> Shame on you. It I'm was so sorry. excellent Christmas special from 1988. Okay. Question two, why did the clone girl release all the dinosaurs into Sacramento and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? D, because she had to. The dinosaurs were alive just like her. Because that's what crap. she says. I mean, that's the explanation she gives. But I also think that uh, you could arguably put A, that because Chris Pratt have learned to love. Yeah, but that's... D was the exact quote that she says when they said, why did you do this? And she said, I had to. They're alive. Yeah. Just like me. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Um, question three, why Kathy Bates was traveling with all of her son's clothes in Titanic. C, this is never explained. Yeah. How'd she get that tux? Yeah. And why? Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. What were all of her son's clothes doing in England? It's not like she, he was with her. Maybe he's a nudist. <laughs> that should have been an option. Um, four, who is the villain of Matilda? You better put D. This is, this is a can you read Eli's mind question. Not read my mind. If you listen to this podcast, you know that the hypothesis Meg and I came to, the conclusion we came to, was that the true villain of Matilda is everyone but mostly Miss Honey. Okay. Give me a short synopsis. Why? Miss Honey, first of all, she's so insufferable, and she, like, reads Moby Dick, and she talks in a whisper voice, and is very annoying. And her Matilda, house you can multiply so big numbers. You can do big numbers. big numbers. And she's so annoying. But also, she's like watching all these kids get abused every day at school, yeah. and she's like, guess I can't do anything. Yeah. 
If you see something, say something. <laughs> Call the police! And the librarian should have... I mean, obviously, the trench pull's bad, but, like, at least, she, you know, we know what she is. And the Wormwoods seem like a great time. So, not oh, good parents. Can but... you imagine how great that would have been if Just every night TV? they're like, we're going to watch Sticky Money? <laughs> I mean, I would have... I would have thrived. Okay, and then, why? question five, why can't Elle Woods be an organ donor? This was a joke that we made on the podcast, and I'm sorry this was an unfair question. The answer is C. She fried everything in her body by spending four hours in a hot tub once. Because there's that, that scene, there's that scene where she's like, remember those four hours we spent <laughs> in the hot tub? This was so much better than that. And then Meg and I were like, can she be an organ donor after this? Oh, right, right, right. So, sorry. That was just, that was more trivia about our jokes. Still valid. How did you guys do? I got six out of ten. Oh, Good. I also got six out of ten. I'm eight out of ten. Wow, look at you, Mr. Big Shot. Does that mean I won? It's kind of not fair because we didn't all take the same test. I know, but what I'm more interested in is hearing what the listeners at home or in their car or on a walk. Did anybody read our minds? 15 out of 15. Tell us your scores. Add us on twitter.com at thebehavehq and also... At Eli McCann and at Meg Morley Walter and at Nick T Morley. N C K M R L Y. I haven't seen you on Twitter very much lately. Yeah. Don't have a lot to say these days. <laughs> okay. That's better that way. <laughs> um, yeah, let us know how you did. We can excuse you if you couldn't read Eli's mind on a couple of them. Okay. Because honestly, who can? Okay. Um, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We will be back next week with special guest Rebby Brassfield. Yep. Uh, that's going to be a good time. Until then, have a great week. Remember to subscribe to our newsletter at thebeehive.com and also become a member of the Beehive. It's either $5 a month, $45 a year. We really appreciate your support. Baptism by immersion. Okay. We will see you next week. <laughs>